Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour Voice Remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox Voice Remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700. On this episode, we speak with the freedom fighter, Victoria Machado, and we speak on the travel ban being upheld, the healthcare bill being delayed um maybe some other i guess other topics i might think about and we are live this time again so stick around for this episode of trend chat to another episode of Trend Chat. I'm your host, Brian Bledsoe. And now you can hear me. So, like I said, this is all basically you're on this journey with me. And every day that I do this show, I learn a little something, something. So, also, in this case, learning a little bit about back and forth and trying to add sounds and stuff. But I know y'all want to hear about all the back behind the scenes, but if you just heard earlier as far as me going silent i'm just letting you know that would happen so back to the regular scheduled program if you want to connect with us on social media whether it's facebook instagram or twitter it's all the same name trend chat 24 7 and i write for politichicks.com matter of fact the new article was posted today with 
some of the with the well with the episodes from last week from the Young Women's Leadership Summit. And the title of it is Young Women's Leadership Summit Proof There Is Hope for the Future. And that was posted today on Politics. And if you want to read more of my articles, just go to politics.com slash author slash Brian Bledsoe. So, like I said, I guess first of all, I want to talk about, a, I guess, a little bit about CNN. <laughs> um, there were videos posted today, uploaded from Project Veritas. And basically, I, I mean, there's not much else I can really talk about that you probably haven't already seen but just they were talking to some of the producers uh, we're a producer and long and short of it basically he was saying that the whole russia story you know is basically hogwash now he said another word but i'm saying hogwash bullcrap maybe (laughs) so but um but yeah so and also kind of saying that they're mainly just doing this for the ratings because their ratings are through the roof by doing this. And, uh, you know, I actually wouldn't, I'm, I'll be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised by that because you have a lot of people who, who are <laughs> so anti-Trump and they're willing to jump on this, I guess you could say conspiracy, you know, and so if CNN or MSNBC, whoever is feeding into that, yeah, like if you keep talking about it, make it seem like it's true and keep pushing it. I'm not surprised that you will get good ratings on it, especially from a lot of people who are still can't get over the election from last year. So so um, and I've said it before on here. It's not like this is ever going to end, whether it's the story, whether it's Russia, whether it's something else. It's always going to be something because they're not going to let this go because Hillary Clinton losing was something they just didn't see coming for one. And on top of the fact of who she lost to, they no, they're just not going to let this go. <laughs> so, so just be prepared for it. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know why I'm saying be prepared for it. You should know by now. But yeah. I hope anyone is not just not feeling like, oh, when is this ever going to end? When are they going to finally stop, you know, making up whatever or or just putting anything out there to try to bring Trump down? That's it's not going to happen. That's the pretty much the answer you should you should just basically just bank on because it's always going to be something. So, yes, that's well, yeah, that's about it on on that regarding cnn i guess as far as with this um with this video out i don't know if any more any more people are gonna be uh fired or resign or whatnot because you already had three people resign because of the retraction from last week about the connection with um saying that there was a connection between president trump and and russia and out of out of that retraction from cnn some staffers have um, resign. So now with this out, I don't know what the fallout will be about about that. Um, BET Awards was on Sunday, and yeah, that's it. Um, Supreme Court upheld well upheld the the travel ban that was being fought over so much and being overturned by all lower courts, especially being the Ninth Circuit. <laughs> 
who which is I think I saw a stat saying like 90 percent of of the Ninth Circuit um, court's decisions are overturned. Ninety percent of them. So I mean, that really takes a shot at their credibility if you have <laughs> such a high turnover from their decisions. But but yeah, so that's been upheld, and honestly, this really shouldn't be a controversial, you know, uh, ban. But apparently, it is only because uh, again. You have media like, you know, CNN, all them, that basically want to turn everything just like this travel ban. They want to call it a Muslim ban or whatever like that. So so now, well, now that it's been upheld, so hopefully we will have better security or at least better vetting of uh, anyone who is um, looking to come to this country. So, uh and a little bit, I guess, I mean, it's not breaking news, but it was today <laughs> that the health care bill from the Senate health care bill is being delayed past the July 4th recess, which I mean, that's great and all. But what's going to happen after July 4th? Is it <laughs> are we still going to have the same old basically? not non-repeal of Obamacare. So, but hopefully we have the people who are in the negotiations and, you know, people like Senator Paul, Senator Lee, Senator Cruz, and, and, and others who are opposing this, you know, for a reason other than, you know, saying that this is not what was promised the past six, seven years about repeal. And I tell you, out of all the, the issues that was brought up in the past six to seven years, you know, ever since Obamacare has been, um, been law. This is <laughs> the repeal of Obamacare was the one thing that you would hear more than anything from, a, you know, I would say all of them, but I can't say all of them, but the majority of them, of the Republicans that were running at any time, during the past six to seven years was talking about repealing Obamacare, repealing Obamacare and all this. And here we are. I'm not going to beat this dead horse again, but, but it just, you you kept saying that you want to repeal Obamacare. Now you had opportunity. Now you're sitting there just, you know, just sitting there dragging your feet on it. So, and like I said, now that we are going past the July 4th, uh, recess before they get you know get into looking I guess maybe to pass this bill and hopefully it will be better a lot better than what they have now I would like to for it just to be a full repeal the chances of that happening seems to be slim to none because all <laughs> it's apparent that some of these Republicans who are out here saying that we want to repeal Obamacare actually didn't want to repeal Obamacare <laughs> because you have some out here saying, oh, we want to we want to save some parts of it. We want to talk about the good parts of, of, of Obamacare. That's funny. You talk, you know, these Republicans talk about the good parts and want to keep certain parts of it. I, I will, you know, I would love to 
hear what was their rhetoric back when it was running about Obamacare? Were they talking about the good things about Obamacare when it was up on the on the stump? <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure you probably can find one. I'm I'm, I'm almost pretty. Sh- I'm probably pretty certain you probably could find some from Susan Collins. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure Susan Collins probably said some positive things about Obamacare and probably has been steadfast on that. Now, a lot of other ones, maybe not. But like you, yeah, Lisa Murkowski's, I think, you know, Susan Collins, I'm, I'm pretty sure they probably had some positive things about Obamacare because, you know, basically... They're as far as being Republican, it's it's just like the term "rhino." It's basically in name only because, honestly, I really don't see how how much worse can you do in with Susan Collins as opposed to having a Democrat. I really don't see how much because I'm just thinking back to some of these scores that you have, like um, organizations like. Heritage Action, or even the American Conservative Union, that they, they put out ratings on different members of Congress, and I'm just thinking back. I, if I'm not mistaken, that Susan Collins has the lowest score on, I think it's Conservative Review and Heritage Action scorecard. She has a lower score than Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. So, two. Far left Democrats, and yet you have Susan Collins, and I think someone else, but I I know I remember her having a lower score. So that's why I'm saying, like, what would be the difference in <laughs> in having a Democrat as opposed to having Susan Collins? I really don't see the difference. I mean, it just seems like it's just keeping Susan Collins as a senator just for the numbers or just for it to look good. Look, we have a Republican senator, but she you know just having having her in name only and um, i just saying that again because that's basically the basically the situations i know one thing as far as susan collins is doing and i I don't want this to turn into a whole susan collins rant but um you know she's trying to basically keep the um keep plan the funding for planned parenthood and you know yeah, like I said, this is not going to turn into a rant about Susan Collins, but because there's more than just her that are basically, you know, wanting to keep Obamacare pretty much just as much as, you know, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. So now, like I mentioned in the beginning, we uh, we talked with the freedom fighter. Her name is Victoria Machado. And I wanted I wanted to speak with her because from all last week we was doing the shows and interviews from the Young Women's Leadership Summit, and turned to find out she went to the summit and was inspired to use her voice in in one platform and far as doing videos and. And, you know, there's plenty of other ways, you know, you can either, you know, do a a blog or or whatever. And, you know, it was something to see someone actually take the encouragement and the advice that was given during that event 
and now turned it to do something herself. And so she just started doing these videos and I wanted to talk with her for a couple of minutes and get a little bit of background about her and, you know, seeing where she's looking to go with this and kind of like what I mentioned in the, in the interview, you know, if she keeps going, you know, in the, in this path, I'm just glad to get this interview with her because who knows by this time next year, <laughs> she'll be on some network or something like that. And I'll say, Hey, hey you know what? Trenchia had the first interview. Well, maybe I'm just saying, but at least one of the first interviews. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So with that being said, uh, let me get to our interview with Victoria. Hello, this is Trent Chat, and we are pleased to have the freedom fighter, Victoria Machado. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, it's a, a friend of mine showed a video of yours on Facebook, and mm-hmm. I saw that you were at the Young Women's Leadership Summit and just wanted to talk to you for a couple of minutes and I guess first question is, uh, I guess, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I live in Long Island, New York. Uh, I'm in college. I just finished my freshman year, and I'm my college at St. Joseph's College. I'm going to be a history teacher um, for high schoolers, and I'm also Hispanic. And my, both my parents are immigrants, so that's one topic you know that resonates a lot with me. Um, and one of the main reasons I'm conservative. Um, I, you know, made these videos after the conference. Um, I think the conference really impacted me. Uh, obviously it changes people differently and some people get different things out of it. But for me, I definitely think it was really just life changing. I, I definitely changed all my social media and I said, you know, I have to do this message. I have to do these videos and just put my voice out there. Okay. So it was from going to the Young Women's Leadership Summit that that inspired you to do the videos and, and all of this? Yes, definitely. That's kind of one thing I was thinking about as well, because how many videos have you done so far? I've done, I think my third one just went up, yeah. Okay. What in particular, um, I guess, inspired you to do video in in, in particular, I guess? Yeah. Uh, I think uh, seeing Tommy Lauren and the conservative millennial, they were both there. Um, her name's Ali Stutz. She didn't speak, but uh, Tommy Lauren was there, and obviously she's known for putting her videos out. And I had already been a fan, and um, seeing her speak and just say that you know you need to put your voice out there, and you can't just be afraid of what people will say about you because if you're afraid of the names that people will call you, life's gonna be rough, you know. So I think definitely seeing her on face preaching those things and. Seeing even Charlie Kirk say, you know, that we can spread our message on college campuses, just read up on conservative views, things like that. That's definitely the main thing that probably motivated me to start doing this. I guess I was thinking about as far as the summit in general. So, I mean, I guess you already kind of told us already, but as far as your experience overall um, with the Young Women's Leadership Summit, what Mm -hmm. do you think? Uh, I think it was great. I mean, I think they did a really good job um, putting together all these different speakers, uh, especially the fact that, 
even within the conservative party, there are differing views. Um, there are a lot of speakers who were there for different reasons. Some of them were for the Second Amendment. Some of them were for women's rights and things like that. We had um, a speaker who, um, you know, had like uh, a senator come up and all these different people. And every time it was different. And I really liked that it wasn't just like one message repetitive over and over again. They really did a good job of just having a differing view throughout it all. Um, other than that, I think they did a good job at just, you know, really teaching everyone that go to your college campuses, read up, really gain knowledge on all this. And that was kind of like their battle cry. That was their main message. That, you know, we don't need to protest this all violently. It can be done with intellect and with knowing the topics. So I, I like that message. Okay. All right. And now... Uh... I forgot exactly what college you said you go that you going to. Oh, it's called Saint Joseph's Saint Joseph's College. Okay, now do they have a Turning Point chapter there? Uh, no, not currently. They don't have a Turning Point chapter. I actually called to try and start one. I'm trying to start a chapter now. Oh, after the summit. Yeah, after the summit, I called and I said, you know, I want to start a chapter at my school, and that's actually what I'm currently working on. Okay, and so how do you hear about Turning Point? Uh, I heard about the Young Women's Leadership Summit first, actually. I saw an ad on Facebook to apply, and I applied. And once I got in and I started researching it, I was like, wow, this is a really cool organization. I'm glad, you know, that this is a thing and that they're growing. Oh, okay. I noticed uh, from a number of interviews that, uh, well, at least from people I talked to, some didn't know about Turner Point in particular, but saw an ad about the Young Women's Leadership Summit. Yeah, and that so. seems to be a you know, popular thing. So uh, as far as the videos, what are you using to make, you know, just to make the videos? Yeah, uh, right now I'm honestly just recording on my phone, and then I upload all my videos to my computer, and I edit them on Final Cut, and then I just upload them. I write all my scripts beforehand, and then I kind of just base myself off of them. Okay. The one thing that that I've kind of got from the summit, the messages was about empowering young women and encouraging yeah. everyone to step forward and to, you know, be active and kind of give you yeah, advice. Definitely. So, and, and, you know, mm -hmm. it's, great, it's great to see someone like yourself that, that it that took that and going forward with it now. And that's basically mm -hmm. what the whole event was about. For people like yourself to yeah, take yeah. this, so um, yeah, definitely. Thank you. One thing that kind of stuck out when I saw, uh, well, I saw Kellyanne Conway's message. Um, unfortunately, she wasn't able to be there, but she had a video message. And yeah. one thing she said in there that, that even for me, I mean, like I said, this is a Young Women's Leadership Summit, but I was sitting there, <laughs> sitting there listening and heard mm -hmm. her say that you should have a seven-second, seventy-second, and seven-minute conservative message which i was like you know yeah, yeah that's a good idea so i want to ask you what is your seven seventy and seven minute um well I, you know <laughs> if you want to get into the seven minute one that's fine yeah um uh i think my seven second message you know at the base of it all i would say that every individual has a god-given responsibility to be the best that we can be and in doing so everyone benefits as a whole um, I think when I was thinking about this, when I saw that video, I was like, you know, my seven-second, 20-second message, does it all have to be the same? Like, does it all have to bank off the same topic? And I said, you know, 
I decided to do something a little bit different for each one. And for my 72nd message, I said, you know, what they focused on at Turning Point is there's a war kind of going on in our college campuses. And the conservatives are waking up and they're realizing what's going on. You know, the liberal agenda is becoming the normal of every classroom. Um, but conservative views are being outcasted and they're kind of just obscene and intolerant or whatever. And we have a generation of kids starting their college careers, uh, a lot of times scared because of what's happening on campus. But, you know, what I learned from Turning Point is that it can be changed and it can be turned around. And um, it can be for the benefit of everyone, not just conservatives in general. Um, I think it's one of the main things um, that they really preached there and that what Charlie Kirk preached. Um, they didn't encourage people to storm their campuses violently and protest day in and day out. You know, they recognized that intellect was the real superpower and that's what's going to win it for everyone in the end. So um, my seven-minute message, you know, I can kind of, you know, can put it all together and kind of maybe not so whole seven minutes, but uh, I think at our core, um, all human beings, you know, we seek real and true happiness. And in order to have that happiness, you know, we have to find something in our lives that's constant and it doesn't go away. Otherwise, we're just, you know, we're chasing superficial and temporary happiness. And we see a lot of times that statistics, you know, conservatives are generally more happy than liberals. And we're like, why? You know, why is that the way it is? And I personally think it's because of this. It's because of the seeking of true happiness. You know, this chief good that we have to have in our lives is how we base our happiness off of. And, you know, everyone has a different definition to what this chief good could be. But for me, I think it's something that can't be substandard of, you know, mankind itself. Because if we're just chasing something that's lower than ourselves, then we're undermining our existence, you know, in the process. Um, so it can't be something inferior to us. It has to be greater. And I think that's something that the conservatives really recognize is that we search for and honor something greater and a power greater than ourselves. And uh, I think that's something that really stuck out to me even in this conference, you know. Uh, I think that, you know, on the liberal side, they live their lives trying to find their identity or how they really feel about themselves. And they do that by trying to find acceptance. You know, the more people that accept them in society, the more right they are, the more, you know, happy they are because more people accept them. And so I think that you can use this as and for example, like transgenderism, like for me personally, I see this as something, as a good example for this happiness because they try and they try to tell people, you know, this is good. Like we just need to accept them. We need to have humanity accept who they are. But in reality, it's, it's biased and it's flawed. And we know, like as conservatives, as, you know, the famous saying, facts don't care about your feelings. You know, we know that feelings are, you know, they're inconsistent. They change every day. So how we look at we look at the liberal agenda and we're like, how can you base all of your happiness on your feelings, you know? Because that's so inconsistent. You'll never be fulfilled. And I think that, you know, some people are starting to recognize that. Some people are starting to wake up and realize, you know, you know, we have to find this happiness from something greater than ourselves. We can't just always find it from inside ourselves or from the acceptance of others. It's something from above us, something greater. And to me that's that. And even um Kellyanne Conway says it sometimes and in some of her speeches and things like that, that the conservatives, that's what we recognize, that that's something truly, like, valuable to our message. And I think that as long as we keep that at our core, that, you know, nothing can really overpower us. 
Okay. That was great. You know, <laughs> actually, I was thinking of it when I saw the message, and I was like, okay, I think I got the seven second, the seven seventy second. Then I was thinking about the seven minute. Mm-hmm. I, was like, I was like, um, well, the seven minute, I was just thinking, okay, maybe I'll just expand on everything that I mentioned in the seventy second one. <laughs> so I was like, okay, yeah, I, think I, I can, yeah. you know, I think I can get this. And and I was thinking back as far as doing the podcast, I, I probably, if you put them all together, it, it's probably over seven minutes as far as, <laughs> as, far as the conservative yeah. method. So. But um, next question yeah, I want to ask you is, uh, being a freshman in college, I want to ask you mm-hmm. about the climate there as far as politically and, um, you know, given with turn of point mm-hmm. and what, as far as everything and dealing with liberals. So, I mean, yeah. personally, how is it? Yeah. Uh, I think that, obviously, it differs in every campus. For me, personally, my college is a commuter college, so there are dorms. People don't stay there. But even then, like, even for being a commuter college, I go to college, and, you know, you hear a lot of liberal professors preach this and that. And I have had professors who, you know, for example, I had an English teacher who one day during, it was before the election, she put up an argument, like literally an iMessage argument that she had with her father who's a conservative and just kind of preached to the class what she thought about the whole election. Kind of just telling us, oh, Trump is evil, Trump is this. And I'm sitting there like, what does this have to do with English again? Like, <laughs> that's just one example of like stuff that happens. But, you know, I think it's important to find your allies, you know? I think it's important to find those clubs or whatever events that might be in your college campus. They might be small, but a lot of times they're there. You might just not notice them. I think that's what um, Charlie Kirk and even Curtis University has a lot of uh, videos about that, saying, you know, find your allies, find them. Even if it's just a few people that you know that you can just, you know, talk about or just go to and just tell them what's going on, you know, if there's really something serious. Or just kind of like vent to them to say, you know, I have this liberal professor, but, you know, I'm going to write this paper and, kind of just try and put my views in there, but obviously not be too obnoxious. You know, sometimes you have the, you know, there's like a risk of failing or stuff like that. That's crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think as, as long as people find their little alliances, that even if there isn't a club there, start one. You know, take that initiative. Try to be the first one to, because there's always going to be people like you. Even if you feel like you're a minority, there are people like you, like there at your college and sometimes you get, you know, a little overwhelmed. You think you're the only one. But that's definitely one advice that I would give to other people on college campuses. Yeah, you know, I've talked to a number of people with Turner Point and ones that are in charge of chapters in various colleges and universities. And one thing I've mm-hmm. heard from a lot of them is that given the perception as far as liberals on on campus, like basically overrunning the whole the whole campus what they tend yeah. to find out is yeah. that once they start a chapter that they find a lot more mm-hmm. people that are like-minded yeah. and it's, it's a lot more than, they, than a lot than people tend to think so um i think yeah. you'll find that out probably you know if you get a chance to start your chapter out there i think the same will probably happen to yeah. you so mm-hmm. I, I think so so now you grew up in a in a conservative household or well yeah okay yeah i have um my dad is from El Salvador, and he immigrated here when he was 17, and my mom is Puerto Rican. And so being in a household with immigrant parents and growing up in Hispanic households in general, you know, my family, like my immediate, my dad and my mom, are my dad is one of eight kids, and he's the only conservative out of the whole family. And just being, first of all, Hispanic and conservative, that's one thing to be an outcast for. 
living in, you know, a liberal community, liberal, liberal college, liberal community, that's another thing to be outcasted for. So I've always been kind of, like, different. I always knew that I was kind of, like, the only one. But even going to stuff like this, like these events, it's making me feel like, you know, making me realize that you know, I'm not the only one. There are other people out there like me. So, yeah. Okay. You know, it's um, it's something to say that you have immigrant uh, parents and to also be in a mm-hmm. conservative household. That's definitely not what yeah. what is portrayed in the media. They make it seem like, well, everyone yeah. is a liberal then. Well, I guess, well, one thing I wanted to ask, you said your mother is Puerto Rican. So um, what is, I guess, I guess I want to ask you your opinion as far as Puerto Rico, the policy as far as maybe I guess for them want to become a state and just like yeah. How 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 do you feel about that? Uh, I think that yeah, it's a very it's a complicated process, but I think that you know being there's good and bad to each side. I mean, being independent, they're gonna have a lot of struggle trying to you know relieve all their debt and things like that, and just being an independent country is a big deal. I don't think people can really just shun that like it's nothing. I think that being a state is a big deal too, you know, that that, that debt and that responsibility also gets transferred to the United States and affects everyone. It's not just them. Um, I personally, I don't know the state or being an individual country. I can't really say yet, like, what is the best option? I honestly think both just have goods and bads and maybe becoming a state is better for them. Uh, I think so because they're, U.S. citizenship is something really important. They can't take that for granted, you know. Being able to, like, travel with a U.S. passport in and out of the country and to other countries is a big thing. You know, a lot of people would pay a big sum of money or do a lot of things just to have that ability to have that passport, you know. So it's a complicated thing, but each has good and bad. I think we have to take it, you know, seriously. We can't just, you know, undermine the fact that being individual, yeah, you might want to have liberty, but what are the consequences that come from that? So that's, yeah, that's what I think. So uh, what's next for Freedom Fighter? I know you said you just had a, your <laughs> latest video um, uploaded. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I have my video uploaded. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, so what? Um, what's the video about? Uh, this recent video I did, I titled it Who Gets to Decide, and um, it's kind of... I start off with a bunch of analogies and ultimately lead up to, I talk about abortion, but I don't really talk about the actual, um, you know, actual abortion, things like that. Like, I know Ben Shapiro does a lot of videos on that. I kind of made it about, you know, in the past in history, we've had a lot of governments get to decide what life is, you know, in history and slavery, they got to decide that slaves weren't real life, you know, and in Hitler, in Hitler's regime, he got to decide that Jewish people weren't real people and they weren't valued uh, for life. So are we really going to continue to let our government tell us that babies are not real life? You know, we kind of have to recognize the repetitive pattern that's happening. Okay. Where you want to take Freedom Fighter? Like, what are the, I guess, like I said, what's the goals as far as where you want mm-hmm. to go with it? I think, <laughs> I think I want to be just like the conservative just like Tommy Lauren on the Blaze. Didn't have to be that network, but something like that. I want to be able to have my videos out there. Mostly educational. Um, I don't want all of them to be rants. That's just not my style. But I want them to be out there. I want to be like for you. That's where I want to bring it, and I'm going to work my butt off until they get there. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I think I think you're on the right path. And like I said <laughs> earlier, I'm, you know, it's, it's good to see someone. I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, others are, are 
basically are planning what they're mm-hmm. going to do after the summit and everything. And I just, I think the whole Young Women's Leadership Summit was a, a, a great encouraging event for a lot of young women like yourself and to yes, go forward and, and to do things, uh, whether it's blogging or mm-hmm. blogging or, or whatever. So, um, I yeah. think you, you know, I think you, you're, you're on the right path and, you know what? I'm glad Thank I got you. a chance to interview you before you blow up and get on and, and get on all all the networks and everything. So I can just say, hey, I got one of the yeah. first interviews with her. So yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. So uh, yeah, yep, yeah. and um, yeah, I appreciate it and thanks for your time. And hopefully, we'll talk to you again. Yes, yeah, thank you so much. Yep, and thanks to Victoria for her time. And um, you know, like I said in the interview, the whole everything at the Young Women's Leadership Summit and Victoria she's a you know a great example of taking all the like they had panel discussions and breakout sessions and basically giving all the attendees there the tools they need resources to be a you know a bold defender for free market principles and conservative principles and then to see someone like Victoria and, and others who were who who were at this event and was was inspired to to do something like do a video or to write a blog or to even you know maybe run for office in or something uh, in their school or or to start a chapter a turning point chapter or some sort of conservative cha- um you know club at their campus so. Like I said, having her, she's a good, you know, a good example of someone who it, who took all of those resources and, and like I said, the advice and the encouragement, and hopefully we will see even more um, from you know people who who was there, and you know it, it doesn't stop here because you know it, it'll be well. This time again next year, and it will be another Young Women's Leadership Summit, and hopefully everything will just continue to grow because it went from like uh, around what, 400, then this year it was a thousand. You know, who knows what it'll be next year? Hopefully, it will, you know, could be 2,000. I had to get a bigger venue or something because <laughs> it can't hold all the people in there. So, yeah, like I said, I appreciate Victoria for for a couple of minutes. And and I do want to mention what I always mention, and that would be the the Founder Project. And actually, I just got some news about the Founder Project about the website. Now, what I'll say now, I'm not, you know, I'm going to say about the website coming soon. I've been saying that for ever since I well I guess ever since I've been talking about <laughs> the founder project but now it is so soon it's really soon now it's like a couple of days away <laughs> so I'll get more into it probably on Thursday a, a little bit but I will say go back to the uh, I think the episode of, uh, well, a couple of weeks ago and we talked with Maggie Dine about the founder project and so it's a lot of details you can get from hearing that podcast and if you want more details you can go to facebook type in the founder project 
and learn more about them there. Now, I mentioned about politics and also, you know, my article, which was posted today about being at the Young Women's Leadership Summit. You know, I'm thinking about this. It, this kind of feels like a part five of the shows because all last week it was part one through part four and while I was doing all the interviews and given how much I'm talking about it with the with the article and as well as kind of feels like a part five of it really but oh oh yeah about the book so i don't think i mentioned so i want to make sure i mention it now so the book politics a clearing call to political activism which is available on amazon at barnes and noble which features over 300 pages from various contributors like myself talking about different issues like healthcare, education, activism, Islam, religion. Yeah, over maybe over 10 topics that are discussed by different articles and anyone who's looking into getting into political activism, I will say this is a great resource, great book to to read. Mainly just of um if anything from this book, I would say, is that I was I would say that it would it would show that doing something is better than doing nothing. <laughs> that a lot of people tend to when they think about getting politically active, that they think that they have to know this all, you know, have to know so much or need to do this much and. But that's not really the case. It's basically, for me at least, I will say, doing something as opposed to doing nothing. So whatever you do know, use that and then then go from there. And I think that's one thing from this book kind of highlights is that, you know, it's not about being a celebrity. <laughs> it's not about being the the smartest and whatever or having to know all the policy and, you know, <laughs> papers and everything about a subject. It's all, it's just about being engaged and doing something and being involved in your community in one way or another. Because there are, are a lot more people who are not doing anything, which basically makes the people who are doing something carry a lot more weight than they really have to, unfortunately. But so... Yeah, I think that that's one thing you would get out of reading this book as well. So, like I said, it's at Barnes and Noble and Amazon. Well, the website Barnes and Noble, and um, yep. So yeah, just pick that up, and that would be the end of our show. I think you know. Well, actually, little side note: since I got a little bit of time, I actually went to see Transformers. <laughs> Anyone who knows me knows that I already that I went to see Transformers because I there was an article actually kind of asking the question sarcastically saying like who go who watched Transformer movies now they're given the fact that it you know was number one even though it was the lowest um opening of the series for Transformers but it still was number one that being said I have no problem to tell you yes I'm one of those people who watch Transformers I love Transformers I mean I am a truck driver if you have not heard a million times on this program but 
one of the reasons why I am a truck driver is because of Transformers. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. Uh, I watched the cartoons as a kid, and Optimus Prime was my favorite, just pretty much like every other kid <laughs> but uh, that watched Transformers at least. And yeah, he, and he transformed into a, a you know a truck, a T Wheeler, <laughs> and yeah, I you know. I had a fascination with trucks from that point on, you know, and basically I would say that made me at least curious and wanted to be a truck driver. And here I am, I've been driving for over 12 years and yeah. So yeah, when Transformers actually came out in theaters, I was there on the first day. So, <laughs> um, I actually remember where I was. I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma when the first Transformers movie came out and that was 10 years ago 2007 and i was in you know tulsa at the cinemark and i should know that where it is i, I can remember that the exit i can see it right now and i remember people were standing in line and people were kind of doing the whole cosplay thing you know there was people like actually dressed up with the like transformers stuff but anyway I liked it, but like I said, I'm obviously I'm a little biased because I love Transformer movies. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just wanted to say that given I had a couple of minutes left. So yeah, don't know what's coming up on tomorrow or tomorrow. <laughs> I'm saying that. See, I'm used to the last week, but yeah, I don't know what's coming up on Thursday. So I'll let y'all know when I know. So until then, we'll chat with you later. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700. Zero seven zero zero. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms 
or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700.